everybody. My name is Zola My name is Asomariton. And welcome to Friday Feature with Asomariton. <laughs> On Friday Feature with Asomariton, we celebrate our friends for talent, hard work, and commitment. Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining, joining us today. today. Yay! Um, We thank you for life and for all that you've given to us. The things we know and we don't know. We ask that you forgive us in places and areas of our lives that we have not lived up to expectations. We receive grace to continually please you and help us live right to the glory of your name. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my name is my name is Alatin I was going to ask you that, but. So what is your name? <laughs> Since you want to lead the interview, I don't know. Okay, fine. I'll let you lead. Okay, thank you very much. So, <laughs> all right. So what's your name? Olatunde Chidera Obafemi. Oh, Chidera. Okay. Yes. Okay, let me let me begin. Let me begin by saying like I know you personally. Okay, I know you to an extent, to a great extent. I I choose to believe, and then. But then a lot of people don't really know you, or they do, but then they don't know you, know you. So let's help people know you, know you. Maybe not as much as I, because it's really, really weird. But at least to, <laughs> at least to a great extent, I hope. So um, okay. whenever people, whenever people ask me this kind of question, like yeah. introduce yourself, there's always the battle I have with. What part of me would you like to know? Okay. If you like, if you like to know the surface, I am a human being. I am. I was born in Nigeria. I, I love God. I. You were born what? near my house, by the way. <laughs> Where in Nigeria? You were born near my house. Yes, I was born near your house. That was at home. Yeah. I. I. I'm saying. What? Okay. I do not speak any other language aside English. Yes, sadness. <laughs> sadness is a matter of necessity. But it is am, very sad. Again, relative necessity. Okay. And I am a born of Christian. I that's that's the point. This is where the shallow ends and then I go with the uh I think that's all. That's as far as people get to know. Okay, Tunde writes, Tunde talks, Tunde used to do mentorship, Tunde does this, Tunde does that. That's pretty much what everybody should know about me. Well, Tunde still does mentorship because Tunde mentors me. Not directly, but he still mentors me. Anyway, um, well, Tunde is aware now. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I hope Tunde is glad. Anyway, um, okay, so you have a Yoruba name, and then you have like an evil name in between, and then you have a Yoruba name again. Why? First name is Olatunde, that's Yoruba. Middle name is Igbo, and the last name is Yoruba. I'm Yoruba, and I'm Igbo. Okay. My mother is Igbo, my father is Yoruba. I have an evil mommy. You have and... an evil mommy. <laughs> that is why I asked because I've always wanted to say that again. <laughs> okay. 
Alright, alright, alright. Okay, let's get to it. Let's get to it. So we are featuring you, Olatindin, as a writer. I know that you do spoken words. I know you have written a book. I know you write a couple mm. of things, a couple of articles, like your recently concluded God's Bondman project. Huge blessings in my life, honestly. Huge blessings. But I know that you, you have written a couple of things and then you also do spoken words and then what else again do you do? I know you don't sing, you can't sing to save your life. Same, you can't dance. So, what else do you do? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm actually a preacher. The, the spoken word aspect of my life is usually the introductory part. I'm actually okay. a preacher. Okay. I am a content editor. Okay. I do a little bit of copyright advertisement, but it's not. It's not something I've focused on for some time, so I just, I don't, I downplay it because I don't think God has a focus on that for me. Okay. And uh, I could say I read. <laughs> you could say you're a reader. <laughs> I do creative apologetics. Okay. Which means apologetics with the use of creative medium, media generally. So that's basically what I do that I know of. I might be doing other things that I don't know, or I might be doing other things that I don't want people to know about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I know that um, because you have a very beautiful mind, that's why I agreed to doing this. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I, um, <clears throat> I know that as we begin to talk, a lot of things will unfold, and then I will have to have you explain it. I hope that's okay with you. Oh, I will just sleep in the conversation. You can sleep in the conversation the last day. You know that this is interesting. <laughs> you are here as much as I was today. Okay. So, so let's go. Um, you mentioned apologetics. What, what does that mean? First uh, Peter 3 verse 9. You know what's so funny? For something that is so integral in my life, I yeah. keep on mixing the scriptures up but I think it's first Peter three verse nine. Peter talks about also first Peter three twelve. I'll confirm before I finish talking. Okay. Peter talks about we should always be ready okay. to give an answer of faith. Okay. In meekness and in love without pride and all of that. Yeah. The concept is you get to meet people who do not have the same belief and worldview with you, especially when they're not Christian, they don't share the same Christian point of view. But these people have to know the bounty that comes with knowing God and then living the way God expects them to live. So Peter in First Peter 3.15 tells us to always be ready to give a reason why we believe in Jesus. Not just say, why oh, I'm a believer. Tell people why you believe. Explain to them. Walk them from the point of doubt or from the point of uncertainty and ignorance to the point where they say, okay, I now understand why you talk like this, why you, you sing like this, why you speak like this, why you breathe like this. So the concept of apologetics is to be ready at all costs to give that particular answer. So when I say creative apologetics, it means using poetry for example to give yeah. that answer using songs to give that answer using articles to give that answer using something as little as a list to give that answer there was a time i i did that one time i just uh i think it was a couple of lists i called it project 54 
where I was okay. giving lists of people or things. I used dreadlocks. I used tattoos. I used those concepts that people who are not Christians would relate to, to relate okay. them to Christianity. So all that's right. what Creative Apologetics is all about. Uh, so the, the right scripture is First Peter 3.15. Yeah, it is. First Peter 3.15. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So I think we have a, we have, um, a hang of who you are or just your name, I guess. All right. So we're, we're focusing on writing right now. That's what we're going to feature you based on all you have written couple of books and so, so tell us about your books oh they're just two okay that are hard copy published there's <laughs> there, there's diary of a dormitory war sorry there is the diary of a dormitory war okay. and in bracket there's the gender conscious that book was written in 2012 oh, wow. i was in high school then Okay. And then I was, to an extent, depicting what my imagination could make up of my boarding house experience. And then I was. Oh, wow, you're in boarding school. I was in boarding school, so I was looking <laughs> at what would happen if this person fights this person and this person, and then the story just began to unfold. And when I was done, when I got to the end, or when I got to the supposed end in the first draft, I was like, hmm. Yeah. I should probably write this book and I was almost done so I, I started writing and it was about boys and girls fighting but oh, then wow. I think it goes beyond that because when when we talk about gender contrast there's always the point of something about me is not in you something about you is not me because we do not share almost the same physical uh, components or mechanism there's always there's always it tends to make us have risks between ourselves and that lack of understanding could cause a fight but it goes beyond gender it goes beyond being male or female it goes beyond being of different political parties or different religions so i think that was what the book was trying to put across in the most micro society of the dormitory so oh everybody my. can catch their sobs when you read yeah, them. Everybody mm. catch I, your sobs. I, 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 think, I think this person is actually what I would do. So that kind of really thing, <laughs> or I think I would, I would be like this kind of person, or I'm more of a Mark person than this person. So that's basically what the book came out to be. And then the second one was about abduction, kidnapping. Okay. And it was cross-border kidnapping when you child was kidnapped from Nigeria and then found himself in Benin Republic and he was from a high society. I won't go into the twist obviously but then he yeah. came to understand that he was nothing without the most peace. Uh, how do I put it? He was nothing even though he was rich and wealthy and well placed without country. those yes, without those who were nothing. Like if you're rich, if you have all that you need in life you're still nothing unless there is somebody who you've touched that does not have what you have. So that's basically what I was trying to drive, the philanthropy, the human nature that always calls to help fellow human beings. So I was trying to drive the consciousness of, oh, okay, you're wealthy, fine, share your wealth and be safe because if you don't share your wealth, yeah. people you're not sharing it to would yeah. turn around and fight you. Uh, <laughs> so that was, actually, that was, that was that was in 2016. I was in my second year in the university. And then my lecturers loved the book to the point okay. that I had to write exams with my own book. Ah, wow. Oh my very... God, that's like a dream to live for. Are you serious? 
I did mention it, perhaps Wait. maybe not so much. I, no, I tend no. to, I, I like to downplay this part because <laughs> I'm not sure how people would take it because it was actually very weird in the yeah. selection of <laughs> I can imagine writing, imagine me writing YXBase or something that I wrote myself, like, wow. Well, like, what got did an, you, you I, get an A I got, in that I got an A in that course. Ooh, obviously. But I actually liked I liked it when my classmates had better perspectives of the book because it's one oh. way, it's one thing to write and it's another thing to get criticized. So they, they critiqued the book and they, they brought out things that I didn't even think I had done in the oh, book. Wow. So that's basically the beauty of such kind of endeavors. So, yeah. No, I I didn't. Oh. My lecturer my, my lecturer would not let me do that because so then you, you I would... really really you got you got everything. You got the exam questions now. You want to get the exam answers? I didn't get the exam questions. The questions were about what I had written. Is it not the same thing? Oh, yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So moving on. Um. Okay, you, you haven't mentioned the name of the book. You mentioned what the book is about, but you didn't mention it. Uh, I did. I just mentioned the first one. The first okay, one was the first Diary one? of a Dormitory War. Oh, Diary of a Dormitory War. Yes, and, and the then the second one, one is Silver Palm Front. Yeah, I think I, I've seen that one. That's the one everybody has seen, I think. Okay. Everyone in Babcock, obviously. Uh, so yeah. now we know that you are sending Babcock to invest. What did you say? Oh yeah, I attended Babcock University. Ah, I was forever. a student of English studies. Okay, what year did you graduate? That's a difficult one. Why? It was 2017. Why is that difficult? <laughs> I was taking a breather. A breather is when you take a break so you could think it through before you speak. Ah, oh really, oh really. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <clears throat> So moving on, Latine, why did you start writing? Like, when did you know that, oh, okay, Latine is a writer, or when did that realization come upon you, if there's something like that? Okay, or come the, to light? The, the earliest time I can remember when I started writing, although it wasn't serious, it was, yeah. as, I think it was 2007. Oh, okay. I was in grade four, and when then... I'm pretty sure you were in Nigeria. I feel really, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I, I just realized that I was writing. I just, okay. I just wrote a poem and then I just, I just passed it down to my friends and they're like, oh, that's nice. This is cool. But that's where it ended yeah. because I was surrounded by people who, number one, did not appreciate literature. And <laughs> for as far as that we were concerned, hard. Think, as far as we were concerned, the poets in the class were just, uh, you know. But then, over a period of time, I think when the proprietors started taking us for competitions to okay. recite poems by other people, mm-hmm. poetry became the, the way to prove that you are intelligent. Oh, that nice. Was, that was the concept behind <laughs> it. But even, even then, I Even then, I didn't see that anything. Okay. Yeah. Until people just knew that, okay, this guy can write. Okay. okay. And then one day, it was, was celebrating October 1st. Yeah. I was in secondary school then. I think I was a year after. And then they were looking for somebody that would do poetry and they couldn't find somebody. And then people were like, go, go to me, go to me, go to me. So they called Tunde and then Tunde was asked to write a poem within five minutes and present it in the next 30 minutes. So that was oh, wow. like the most awkward 
thing ever. I wrote a piece, and when I got on stage, I forgot what I had written, so I had to write another thing on stage. Wow! And it, oh it, my it, god! My teacher was looking at my poem in her hand, and, and she wasn't seeing anything I had written. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so she was, she was a little scared, I think, because I still was like, "What is happening there?" But when I was done, people were like, "This is nice. This is nice." I don't think I remember what I had said. Obviously. But I, but I knew it was nice. <laughs> And oh, wow. I left, I think I left writing for like two years afterwards. Okay. Until I got bullied by a girl and then the oh. school, that was another school. <laughs> and then... You got bullied, right? The, oh my it God, was that's tactical. why you get being so light-skinned. Yeah, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the kind of bullying you'd expect, okay? Was it emotional it, bullying? Physical? To a, to a point, no, it wasn't physical. Mental. Uh, let's just say it was mental. So it was the girl that passed you in class. No, no, this one was an established genius. So it wasn't about me passing her. Oh, okay. It was about I don't I don't really get why she had that issue. So the school <laughs> organized the school organized the writing competition okay. and then they said you could write anything you want, drama, poetry, and I tried to write a story. And my story was exactly what I was going through. So there was so much emotion and surge. Uh, and the lecturer, the teacher was in charge of the competition, okay. took up my piece and then passed it to all the teachers. And they all read it within like an hour. They're like, wow, this person is so talented or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they were like, who is the person? So they traced me to my class. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, mm, that's the one, that's the one. They were literally gossiping about me. <laughs> And then later on, I discovered that, oh, my entry had actually won the competition. But oh then they called, they called the panel and they asked me if what I wrote was what was going on. And apparently my classmates had testified. So for me, writing was, it was a way of me telling stories that I could not tell. It was a way of me replacing reality to a point. It was a way of me bending what had already been created. Of course, I'm not God, but then there was yeah. a certain certain point of me that shared that creative copyright with God. Like God says, let there be light, and there was light. And so yeah. I'm like, let there be this character, and the character comes forth because yeah. I write the character to be. Yeah. That, that was that was like how it was for me. Then I found myself switching from science to art, and then boom. Oh, same here. Okay, but not so just, writing though, but okay. I was I was still I was still science when I was writing, but then oh. the suite was was so beautiful. And for somebody who wasn't who didn't like to read while growing up, I believe writing didn't come because I read a lot of books. <laughs> writing came because it came by nature, not by nurture. And then uh... yeah, so <laughs> it's directly from God and from my parents. I, I believe so because I I wasn't interested in being a writer just wanted to you know but I think you once to told me that your mom is a writer right or she My has parents, both of them are writers both of them rebel are you serious both okay. of them are writers Okay. I, th- I think I think my father is even a better writer than I am. Give or take. Uh, <laughs> anyway, considering that like your mentor, so what do you expect? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, all that today. Wait, I have a personal question. Have you ever been an most writer before? What makes I I cannot I cannot answer that question because Why? then then you know be anonymous. I, Exactly. <laughs> so, so we're supposed to guess. Okay, maybe he has. Maybe he hasn't. He has. It, co- he has. 
a couple of my close friends have been able to pinpoint that okay this person writes like you and then they go on investigating and they'll be like oh wow this might be you but then I I don't say much because I mean what's the point of being anonymous you're going to tell right (laughs) anyway anyway um so moving on why did you continue writing because you talked about how you started writing in 2007 but not officially then you stopped then you started again like why did you stop why did it become like a down page part of a lot in day like some things are okay so i believe there's this concept of a higher calling okay writing for me is not the end it's a means to the end so whenever the call rises for the means to show itself, it shows itself. Humanly speaking, yeah. I believe writing came back again as a form of rebellion. Rebellion. To, to a point of, there was in the school before I took my work, there was always this rift between teachers and students, and they would just see something, a write up on the notice board, and they would know they would not know who it was. Well, Oh my god. Because it wasn't my handwriting. There was somebody who had a different handwriting, very fine handwriting like that. And we were both yes, maybe yes. We're, we're the only Yoruba boys in school. Yes. So, so it, it was very weird. And then there was a time even the owner of the school felt threatened because it's it's in real time. You don't know who's posting this. Yeah. If you take it if you take it down, one that one is coming up the next day. And before before you take it down, somebody has seen it and you know it was it was exciting at the point. But wow. then I feel I feel writing has always been like a third arm, a third eye experience. So even if I stopped, I'll have continued. Even if I didn't want to continue, I'll have continued because God always has a plan and this is one tool he wants to use in my life so why not just stop being stubborn and get it over with so yeah. that's, that's why writing came up well so, for me I hope you don't get over writing though <sighs> anyway <Okay>. moving on <laughs> moving on so um, actually, a lot of people know you as conflict like C-O-N-F L I C C conflict. Like how controversial can that be? Okay. Yeah. Can you explain conflict or can you tell us about conflict? What if I told you conflict came from the Bible? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know, you're about to I will shake some tables or something, I don't know. No, not really. Okay. It's how it happened. See what happened. In my second year. Second year. Back at university. Okay. We were in a poetry club organization. I won't mention names of who that were there because I see them I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so famous. <laughs> so so we were all we were all paid poets and there was this guy that was always doing spoken poetry and we would just come and be like, You guys are not doing enough in Babcock. You have so much talent, show your talent and it was like, I meant to read, stop stop writing on paper and blah blah blah. I was like you know, I felt challenged to the point, but then I wasn't led to do it. Okay. Then later on I found myself doing spoken word poetry. And then I had I foresaw a challenge okay. that was going to come. The challenge is because of my poetry and the way it comes and the way I deliver it, there is a tendency that people would not be able to differentiate the person on stage. From the yeah. person who walks in the street, who 
who smiles, who laughs, who spends yeah. a lot of time in the cafeteria, who yeah. mocks people who are talking. They were yeah. not going to they were not able to differentiate the person. So I needed I said I needed to unleash a personality on stage and that's when Matthew ten thirty five came in. Matthew ten thirty five. Yeah, you may want to open it just to yeah, see what you said. The, the concept was present evil for what it is so people can see that this thing they are doing is evil and they should stop it. That's exactly how it is. So if I want to talk about I could say for example, this is probably weird. Mm. If I want to talk about homosexuality for example, okay. I, I come I come yeah I'm sorry to, I'm, no, I don't no, care. It's okay. I come I actually don't care even if it's not okay. Uh, I, I, really <laughs> I come on stage and I'm dressed. I I'm dressed. If I by the time I show myself on stage, you would know. Okay, this is definitely this or that. But that's not me. That's not all. Actually, that's conflict because conflict is the one that people can see. The one wearing the mask, the thespian, the one that people can say, okay, I know what he's doing right now. Oh, he's doing this. He's doing that. That's the person on stage. So conflict came to showcase the good and the bad, okay. and then to let people know, okay, this is. The good and the bad. These are the options God has put before you. Okay. Decide which one to follow. But let me just tell you, the bad one has its effect. Good one has its effect. That was the concept of conflict in itself. Then over a period of time, it became more of like a principle for me. It became more of like there are like ten commandments kind of mechanism where if you're going into any piece, there's always a conflict view or perspective to it. So people were like, okay. Oh, conflict is about this, or how would conflict say this? That's more like it. So I feel conflict is a personality, conflict is a voice, conflict is a mask that anybody can put on, but it only has the size of my face. So good luck trying to put it on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and it's, to an extent, it's also a ministry. Okay. And it's it's an evolving kind of ministry. It came because I saw Jesus in Matthew 10, 35, talking Matthew about... Matthew 10, 35? Yes, 35. He, okay. He's saying he came to cause discord. You know, turn man against his son, father yeah, against... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I'm like, wait, this is the prince of peace coming yeah. to cause chaos. That's know, conflict. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's it, it just it just talking, and I'm 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 being Christian, Christ-like, right? So I'm gonna be like Christ in this case, and just yeah. it doesn't mean that I support conflict or war. Yeah. It just means that I'm trying to establish the concept why there shouldn't be a war in the first place. So okay. okay. I think that's basically the personality issue. Yeah. All right, Olatunde. Like it's been really amazing talking to you. Um. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to. Tell us two things that you live by, or two codes. Just give us two codes. I'm sorry, did you say codes? Yes. Or code? Codes. 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 Why are you doing this to me? When Q-U-O-T-E-S. you say codes. Codes. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I, I get it now. Oh, that was a filler, by the way. Yeah. Uh. So, <laughs> so I think the first one is what is mine is thine and what is thine is mine. It's it was from a bond that I wrote recently and it's addressed to God. Okay. It means what belongs to God belongs to me and all that belongs to me belongs to God. 
So it's the concept of. Really, he told of, me this on Monday. Mm, yes. Okay. Hey, so the concept is before I do anything, there's always a consciousness of can God do this, okay. and would would He be doing this right now? Yeah. So there's always a caution not to do what God would not do because you are His and He is yours and. Yeah. The temple should not be turned into a playground for children who don't understand what it's about. So that's the concept of what's mine is that it's like a vow to a point. Okay. Then the second one is I can. Okay. But if I shouldn't, then I wouldn't. I think it's it, from a bond. Yes, it's also for a bond. It, it talks about five scores for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it talks about the necessity in God's will, in God's purpose. We we have abilities, we have capabilities, and then oftentimes I I believe it's a test when God gives you an ability and wants to see if you would wait for Him to tell you what to do with it or you just do it on your own because you think you can. So everybody can. Yeah. You can fly a plane. You can jump off a window. Sorry. You can uh, yeah, fly. Yeah, you can. You can. Actually, you can show the ability and. Because God created you in His image, and there is no limit to your ability. You just don't know that there is no limit. If you knew there was no limit, then you'd do it. Uh, however, uh, however, the, the concept is even though you have the ability to do everything, yeah. Saint Paul talks about it is lawful, but it's not expedient. So the question yeah. is: Yes, God has given me strength to do this. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. But should I do it? And the should there refers to: Is it? perfect is it in his will for me is it good for me is it in his perfect will is it acceptable to his soul in me is it what he wants me to do and then if you can answer that question then you would do it most times i think the error comes in when people see that they can and they just move on to doing it without asking if they should or not so i think you should uh, qualify and surrender right should, yes, qualifies surrender, qualifies yielding, qualifies humility. Because humility there not just refers to bowing down to elders, but then yes. waiting for God to say, you may go now. Wow. Because I'm going with you. Or don't go, and then you don't go. So, yeah. Because I, I, see, I see it happening to me where, for example, <laughs> God has given me a talent. Oh, yes, you can write now. Yeah. But then there's this concept of, I can, but then should I write now? And then... If I shouldn't, then I wouldn't. Yeah. That's basically the explanation. Okay. So I think another one that is very, I don't know if it's still a specialty, but then it's still very close to my heart is um, there's peace in every prayer. There's peace in every prayer. Yeah. You remember the conversation I left with <laughs> I remember the conversation that left with <laughs> Yeah, so it's always amazing talking to you a lot today. And then we are glad to have your Friday feature. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm really really excited talking to you. Like you have an amazing mind. You have a beautiful mind, and I feel and I wish everybody. Okay, not really, because they will take you away from me. But then I wish. But I just hope that people can have a glimpse of how beautiful your mind is, and I just hope that you don't stop right. Because you have blessed uh, me. Uh, 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 I'm serious now. You have blessed me, and then there are more people to bless. So I'm, I know about God's born man. Can I, can I butt in? Yeah, you can butt in. I don't know if I've blessed you. you have. It's, it's, more, it's more of like me hmm. being a channel 
for the blessing to come through. Don't bother. The reason, take your butt out. Take your butt out. There's no bothering. The reason why I'm saying this is because it, it's it's not peculiar to be alone. God can decide to use a snail to talk to you. I know. I, me- I remember you had a, a snail called Smoke, and I believe God was talking to God was talking to you about. God was talking to you about the issue of delicate accountability. So I believe that oftentimes God is talking to us through many means, and we are not seeing it because that's not what we want to hear or want to want to see at the time. That's a lesson I learned this morning from my dad. But yeah, she may continue now. Okay. Talking yes, about my video, I ate it. Thank you very much. And then yes. it was good for you to may, watch. Watch me kill it and eat it. Okay, you must me. May you not may you not eat the blessings that God has given to you. Yes, because Amen. Well so well you have to eat some of the blessings. Man shall not be back right, you know. Really? Oh, that's oh, really no, no. You don't just let me conclude. Like let me finish. Can I okay, finish fine. now? Yes, please go Thank ahead. Thank you very much. I understand. I understand. Thank you. I understand yes. that you're a channel of blessing. I'm not taking the glory away from God. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Alright, Olatini. Thank you for letting us have you and having us. Thank you for the haves and have not. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's really take care. All right. Thank and you. we.